श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय चैतन्य चरितामृत की जाय श्री ऐसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रोपात की जाय भक्ति रक्षक श्री देव गोस्वामी महाराज की जाय भक्ति सिद्धांत सरस्वती ठाकुर प्रोपात की जाय श्री कृष्ण कविराज गोस्वामी महाराज की जाय गो भक्त बिंद की जाय गो Namaskar Mangalcharan verse of Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, first verse of the chapter. And Kaviraj Goswami has been elaborating upon the significance of the first line, Vande Gurun, and more or less concluded with this yesterday. Vivesakshat Nahitate Guru Chaitanurupe Shika Guru Hai Krishna Mahanta Sarupe. He concludes, since one cannot visually experience the presence of the Supersoul, he appears before us as a liberated devotee. Such a spiritual master is none other than Krishna himself. Kaviraj Goswami then cites a verse from Bhagavatam, which appears to be cited in the context of introducing a discussion about the second principle in his namaskar that he offers his obeisances to. And what is that? Isha what does Isha Bhaktan mean? Shamsundu. So the Vaishnav, devotees of the Lord. Now we will discuss that. Tato dushangam utsrijja satsu sajjeta budhiman santa evasya chindanti mano vyasangam so verse from 11th Canto, 26th chapter, 26th verse. One should therefore avoid bad company and associate only with devotees. With their realized instructions, such saints can cut the knot connecting one with activities unfavorable to devotional service. This is a concluding verse to a narrative in Bhagavatam, spoken by Lord Krishna to Uddhav in Uddhava Gita. You know that the Uddhava Gita covers quite a few chapters and parallels very much the Bhagavad Gita. Sridhar used to say, Krishna spoke the Gita to Arjuna and later again to Uddhava. So, in the context of Krishna speaking to Uddhava, this narrative of Pururava and his unfortunate attraction to Urvasi, the heavenly damsel, is discussed. And this uh, Pururava, he became distracted by the beauty of Urvasi and lost all his common sense as a result of that. But he became enlightened by good company of sadhus, set him straight on how to think about things. And this is the conclusion of that section that he makes the statement that Krishna's conclusion to the narrative that the value of association with devotees is such that it can cut the knot in the heart that is binding us to material existence. Oh, that evil urvasi. We shouldn't think like that. Purava didn't think like that. He said, if one mistakes a rope for a snake, then 
Can you blame the rope? Is the rope at fault? So what he was seeing was one thing. What he thought it was, was another thing. And the thought, the mind, the mistaken vision was the problem. And he got the proper vision from a sadhu, saintly person. Here the very idea of the term sadhu is given. Chanta eva sitchindanti. Sitchindanti means to cut. So we've heard before that the word sadhu actually means to cut like a knife, to cut the knot in the heart, free us from misconception so that we can actually love. Tiger loves a young woman also. What does he see? He's licking his lips and very ready to pounce and devour her. He also loves. A young boy loves a young girl or vice versa. What do they see? And a sadhu also loves a lady, but what does he see? So according to the vision, consciousness, and we will see the arrangement of the material nature and bodily form as one thing or another. Tiger sees as food. The young boy sees a young girl as some prospect for sense indulgence in the name of love and exchange. And the sadhu sees a particular arrangement of material elements and soul inside and relates accordingly. It's a question of vision. We get the right vision from the sadhus. One of my godbrothers took sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj many years ago. He's still a sannyasi. Unfortunately, we have to make that kind of footnote <laughs> these days. But um, just before his sannyas initiation, just the same day before Sridhar Maharaj, was giving him the sannyas, then he asked a very curious question. He said, so, are you prepared to speak to the ladies also? So you'd think he would maybe say something just the opposite. So, are you prepared to keep away from the ladies' association? What do you think? So are you prepared to preach to the ladies also? This is also involved. If you're not prepared to do that, you're in the wrong place right now. Better go back and think about what this Bodhi Vaishnav Sanyas is about. It's not about avoiding anything, but seeing things from the proper angle of vision and thus Yuktavairagyam, able to interrelate with everything accordingly. Seeing everything is Krishna's property. I was sitting with Prabhupada once in the 11th story of the Manhattan building that he acquired. His flat was on the 11th floor. And Prabhupada kind of liked New York because New York was such an important place. So he liked the idea of being there in a 11-story building in Manhattan and so many devotees. And so it was really a major accomplishment for him, as you can imagine. He was a New York boy in a way, and his beginning of his days of the mission, he lived in the Lower East Side in the Bowery. He lived wherever he could get a place to stay. And after a number of years, there he was on the 11th floor of the Manhattan building in a prestigious area, uptown, west side, and still preaching the same thing. As simple in his behavior and 
his necessities as he was. In other words, his personality hadn't changed. He hadn't got the big building and it went to his head and so forth. And I remember we got off the elevator and came on to the 11th floor and someone said something like, Prabhupada, you are the greatest and you are doing everything. Just like this, just turned his back. They all Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this little frame, about five foot six or so, five foot five, glowing off into his room with such bhakti, shakti, giving all the credit to Krishna. So anyway, I was sitting with him there, and he said, uh, there was a couple of us there, sannyasis, we are all young men, or maybe 24, 25. And he said, he looked at me and he said, have you seen the New York women? I thought, hmm, no, <laughs> what am I supposed to answer here? <laughs> have I seen a New York woman? And I didn't say anything. And he said, aren't they beautiful? I said, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess uh. And he said, and they've captivated all the men. And the whole of New York is going on like this because of this attraction, so busy. And he's just like a child, he was talking about it. He was fascinated by it. Absolutely fascinated. And I realized, he's not trying to test me or anything like that. He's just like expressing his vision. Aren't they beautiful? Aren't they wonderful? Isn't it fascinating? And he said, such is the power of Vishnu Maya. I realized he was just glorifying and uh, amazed at the, the power of Krishna's Maya Shakti. How it had arranged itself in so many ways. And the whole city's going on. This way he was seeing Krishna. Krishna's Shakti. This idea of sannyasi, not running away from anything, seeing everything in relation to Krishna. So, such kind of sadhus, they can cut the knot in the heart. And Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami introduces this verse here. We're speaking about the Vaishnavas, the Bhaktas, sadhus. He says, Satam prasangam mamavirya samvido bhavanti hritkarna rasayana katha tad joshanar ashpapavarga vartmani shradha rati bhakti manukramishati. Another verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, third candle, Lord Kapiladev speaking to his mother, Devahuti. This is a very popular verse amongst the Gaudiya Vaishnava authors, our Shastra Gurus. Satam prasanga mamavirisam vidu. It is speaking of the virtue of association with devotees. How valuable. Bhaktivinotaku said we would rather be in a tiger's den or a pit of snakes than be associated with non-devotees to give a contrasting way of appreciating the value of association with real devotees. Satam prasangam. And satam prasangam means who are actually devotees. The word satam means devotees and it indicates integrity, truthfulness, honesty. Such a rare commodity in uh, our times in Kali Yuga. It really did be honest with you. <laughs> this is It is as simple as that. Be honest Bhagavatam has also described the devotees in this way. What does he say? Dharma projita kaita gotra paramo nirmat saranam satam 
Satam, truthful. This is devotee. Satam prasangam, having intimate association with devotees of me, Mama, and Virya Sambhita, he gives the characteristics of these devotees. Virya Sambhita means that they are always Sambhid, discussing. They are always having discussions about my Virya, my glories. This is their characteristic, principal characteristic. What does Bhagavad Gita say? And always speaking about me, always discussing amongst themselves my glories. This is real devotees. We talk sometimes about associating with devotees, but there's only such if topics about Krishna are the center of that association. So they're preoccupied with this, and Kapiladev makes the point that this is very good because if you get in intimate company with this kind of circle of persons who are always talking about the glories of Krishna, then what happened? Speaking about their glories, Viryasambhita, this speech is comparable to Rasayana. You know what is a Rasayana? Like in uh, Ayurveda, they have so many Rasayanas. These are rejuvenating. They rejuvenate the body. So, not merely for curing some disease and bringing you to the normal condition, but for giving new energy to it. Well, this word has been used. Such is the nature of Harikata which is always on the lips of devotees, and if we get in their company, it enters into our ear. Hrit karna means it enters into the ear, and from the ear to the hrit, to the heart. And it's the rasayana. It is rejuvenating. It is giving new life. Notice it's not merely curing the disease of avidya. We are afflicted by avidya, that is the root cause, ignorance of our troubled life. But not merely curing that, but giving something positive also. Therefore, Bhagavatam says, Muktirhitvanata rupam svarupena bevastiti. In second canto, 10th chapter, Sukhdev Goswami has described the 10 subjects of Srimad Bhagavatam, the last of which is Mukti, and then he explains them, and Muktirhitvanata rupam svarupena bevastiti. It means to clear the negative, the avidya, and Swarupena Vivastiti, that we become situated in our positive nature, Swarup. So Rasayana carries this type of connotation, not merely curing a disease, but energizing in a positive sense, giving new life. This is the power of those topics that are coming from the lips of real devotees. If we get in touch with them, then it goes in our ear, whether we Look for it or not. And from the ear, it enters the heart. So why does it enter the heart? Because it's coming from their heart, actually. It's appearing on the lips. This Harikata, Krishnanam and Harikata, it has been described poetically by great devotees as Krishna dancing on the tongue. So somehow from one sadhu's heart, Krishna surfaces. It's just like what comes first, the chicken or the egg, because it's perpetual from some sadhu's heart it's surfacing dancing on the lips 
tongue going into our ear, entering in our heart, surfacing on our tongue, going into someone else's ear. Where it starts, nobody knows. Where it ends, nobody knows. No end to that. <laughs> but uh, this is the idea. When it awakens some uh, taste for all these topics, then lips are moving, tongue is going automatically about Krishna. You know the story of that Rupa Kaviraj. Rupa Kaviraj was a devotee, disciple of Hemalata Thakurani, and he was reciting Bhagavatam. And one lady devotee, Vaishnavi, come to his talks. Krishna Mai, maybe her name was. But she was always chanting Japa. And so he said, what is this? I'm giving the talk on the Bhagavat and you're chanting Japa. Why don't you pay attention? Like this, she said, no, I'm paying attention and I'm not trying to chant, I just can't stop. It's not my fault, but my tongue is just moving like this. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. But he did not take her seriously and he dismissed her, made offense to the great Mahabhagavat and he fell down from that. What was his fall down? Did he stop chanting and become a meat eater? No. He continued chanting, lax and lax. He continued practicing. Within him came some distorted conception of what was the teachings of Rupa Goswami. And a whole upsampradaya developed. Hmm? It's terrible, huh? That's what happened. He offended the Mahabhagavat. The point is, we hear, oh, he offended a Vaishnava, and we think, did he really? Is there really any evidence of that? Did he grow horns from, from that? Huh? No. But this is evidence of Aparad. Brahma-tattva. Illusion about tattva. Can come. Misconception about tattva. He preached that you should, as Rupa Goswami says in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, follow the footsteps of the Brajbasis with Sadaka Deha and Siddha Deha. Seva Sadaka Rupena Siddha Rupena Chatrahi. So he interpreted it to mean that in our Sadaka Deha, our practitioner's body, we should dress like the bhav that we are cultivating within. So they dress like gopis, this kind of thing. And so ultimately it was came to the council in Jaipur. See, we'll hear this and we'll laugh and think, what a silly thing, man dressing with a sari, and we will immediately dismiss. But he was a very sophisticated philosopher and he made a very strong presentation. And they followed all kinds of other spiritual practices and so forth. There's some deviation. It wasn't easy. It wasn't everybody just dismissed him. Called a huge council of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas in Jaipur was commenced, and Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur gave the proper understanding of the verse. He said, It means in our Sadaka Deha and our Siddha Deha, this is in the path of Ragmarg, Raghunuga Bhakti, we should follow the Brajbasis. So in our Siddha Deha, within, we should follow the Siddha Deha of the Brajbasis, Gopis, Sakas, Gopas is maybe the case. It means follow in the wake of their life, their bhava, in Smarnam. 
And in our sadhaka daya, we should also follow the brajbasis as they appear in their sadhaka daya, like Rup Sanatan Goswamis. This is the meaning. So anyway, point is, he made an offense, aparad, the Vaishnav, and this is how the shape in which the deviation came. So we want the proper association with proper devotees. We want to hear from them in whose heart Krishna is manifest and on whose lips and tongue Krishna is dancing and dances from there into our ear. Now we are mechanically chanting and waiting for the talk about Krishna to stop, just getting through it as best we can. But in time, if we make a little effort, Rupa Goswami has said about Krishna Nam, what did? Now we're suffering from avidya, but the medicine for this is Krishna Nam. Krishna Nam is sweet, Harikata is sweet, all the kind of topics are sweet, but we are suffering from jaundice of ignorance. We keep tasting because sugarcane is the cure for jaundice, Krishna Nam, Krishna Kata, Harikata. It must be sweet. We have to think it must be sweet. How people can be preoccupied talking about this all the time? Sitting in the one room, just thinking about these things all the time. Maybe moving around, chanting, moving upstairs, chanting, moving downstairs, <laughs> chanting, <laughs> reading one book, reading another book, writing something about it. Someone talking, talking to someone about doing something for Krishna, all these things. It must be sweet. Fully occupied in all of this. We should have this kind of sense. We should get that taste also. Our life will be perfect if we can get that. So keep that company, keep hearing. The Vaishnava is talking, speaking from his heart, expressing his heart. It comes in the form of words, goes in our ear. It may be arranged in a logical way to get through the filter of our intellect we're like guarding everything with our intellect and if it passes the test of our intellect we let it go into our heart okay but he's, he's trying to break down break through that intellect we're guided by that we think this is our guide our reasoning power this will keep me safe so he, he arranges the words the feeling for krishna in a logical way to appeal to our intellect and then intellect is at ease and something slips down and even more than we allow down into our heart something's going down in there and in time then it takes over the heart Shridamarsh like to say Krishna is a thief and we're lucky for that you know that story two constables were discussing and one in India and one said well it's a lucky thing that Krishna is a thief the other one said what how can you say this is a whole problem in our country we are trying to keep the law and now God is a thief. He said, no, no, it is a really good thing because a thief does not care for high walls and locked doors. So if Krishna comes into our heart, even though we're trying to keep our heart locked, the door is sealed, he comes in anyway, doesn't care for that, breaks open the door, enters the heart and takes over. And how does he do that? Through the sadhu. Sadhu comes stealthily and sneaks and in so many tricky ways he grabs us and puts Krishna in our heart. He says, chant and be happy. And we find out what he's really teaching is 
chant and cry. This is the teaching. <laughs> he said chant and be happy, but I'm finding in every stage, from beginning to end, it is about crying. First time crying because what he's chanting about Krishna, singing the glories of Krishna, it's ruining my life, I'm thinking. I have a younger brother, and um, many years ago he came to the temple in Chicago, Iskon Temple, I had frequented that place, I wasn't there at the time, and he lives in that area, Chicago area, so he came to the temple looking for me, and he didn't see me for a long time, I didn't see my family for, that's a nice story, I'll tell you, my family for six years, my mother and father, I wrote him a letter from California, I mean I had already left home as a young, young lad. And I met the devotees in Prabhupada. I wrote him a long letter, one of those, you know, <laughs> telling them the whole, what life's all about. <laughs> and I didn't see them for six years. I just got consumed in Prabhupada's mission. And after six years, I was in the Chicago temple. And um, the devotees had started some program to canvas people's parents because there was this deprogramming thing was going on at the time. And so they got a database of devotees' names and found out where their parents lived and so forth. And they found out that my parents lived in that area. And I happened to be in town, and I was giving the Sunday lecture. of the sannyasi, and they had a little room in the foyer. And I was staying in there. It was almost like a closet, a coat room. And they made it for the guest sannyasi. So they had a big crowd in those days coming to the temple. So I was going to give the Sunday talk, so I just about... 15 minutes or so before the talk, I, I came out just from the door and I stood there and surveyed the crowd to see and the whole lobby is just packed with people. I'm looking and seeing there's some Indian people and some Western people and, and there I see my mother. She's walking. I'm like, what is she doing? And she's going up to different devotees and talking to them. She's going to this one, she's going to that one, the next one. And I'm just watching her going in, in a circle like this, around and around. She comes to me. And she says, do you know Triparari? That's me, Mom. <laughs> and <you> go, ah! <laughs> she embraced me right there in the public, you know. And I said, come on in here. <laughs> I let somebody else give the talk, and then I spoke with her. It's just a cute story, but anyway. And then my father was there also. So, anyway, some years later, my brother came there, and he was talking with the devotees and asking about me, and... My father would hear about me because at every airport he went to, you know, flying, oh, they tried to sell him a book and he'd say, he learned after all, I'm Tripurari's father. Gandavad. So, anyway, my brother came to the temple and asking about me and they were preaching to him. And after they preached to him, he said, you know, he said, it is as if I had painted a picture of my life in watercolors and you're throwing water on it and the whole thing is just fading. He said it in a positive way. He said the dreams of my life, materialistic dreams of my life, are all dissolving in your speech. It was quite poetic the way he put it. So this means that we hear from the devotees and we have to cry. Sri said, read and cry. Do or die. Read and cry. And for this is beginning and end, gopis are crying and crying. So this way the devotee preachers, whom he's speaking about here, 
really speaking about mostly here about the sadhana siddhas this kind of devotee preachers in this world and how is, they find the ways and means to put Krishna in our heart actually this is Bhakti Devi takes her up her residence in the heart of Madhya Madhikari Bhakta who has exercised some power of discrimination which is required for preaching and through that medium either coming up to Madhya Madhikari coming down to Madhya Madhikari that she transfers herself into the hearts of others. She, via that media, creates the Kanishtadikari, Shraddha, Komal Shraddha. She actually enters there in some respect, in the form of Komal Shraddha, to tender faith. And then through further Sangha, hearing about Krishna, that faith is cultivated, percolated, and eventually it comes such that Krishna is manifesting on the lips, on the tongue, and we are a real devotee. Then people get our company, and through their ear, we enter into their heart. So this is what Kapila Dev is saying. He's saying what is the value of such devotees, company. He says in another verse in that section, if you become attached to a real devotee, just like a materialistic person is attached to another person, while the one, the latter, is the cause of all misfortune. Like Purarava, he got attached to Orbis, he was the cause of his misfortune. He says that same attachment, if transferred to a real devotee, is the cause of all good fortune. We should try to become attached to the company of sadhus. Tadjoshinad ashpabalargabhatmani shradha lati bhaktim anukramishati. Kapila says, when this talks about me, about my glories, enter the ear of another person into his heart from the lips of the devotees. In Ashu, Apavarga, Vartmani. Very quickly, he treads the path of Apavarga, liberated life, and Shraddha Ratir. He says, from Shraddha Rati to Bhava, it means, and all the Steps in between, Anukram, he goes, step by step. You know, Rupa Goswami has given the step by step, Adoshadha, Tata, Sadhu Sangha, Bhajana Kriya, Anartha Nivriti, Nishta, Ruchis, Tata, Atasakti, Tata Bhava, Tata Prema Midachiti, step by step. So all these steps are included here. He says, from Shraddha to Rati, Bhakti, he gets real faith, in bhakti and anukram, step by step he goes. In other words, sadhu sangha is the birthplace of bhakti. This idea of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Bhakti is born through sadhu sangha. Through sadhu sangha we get guru. We've heard about a guru from Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami. In the stage of sadhu sangha, we associate with devotees, then some devotee stands out by his activities and speech and captures our heart. Then we identify under this Vaishnav, I will seek my fortune under his direction. Then Bhajanakriya means the stage of initiation. And so many, he says, do this, chant like this, like that, follow. Then we bring out Anarthas in this way. So Sadhu Sangha. Then he says, Ishwar Sarup Bhakta Tanra Adishthan Bhakter Hridayi Krishna Satata Vishram. Ishwar Sarup Bhakta. 
He says the devotees are actually the same as the Lord. Ishvara Swarup Bhakta. Pure devotees constantly engaged in the service of the Lord are identical with the Lord. Who? They are identical with the Lord who is situated in their heart. And then, Pramana verse for this, Sadhavo hridayam hayam, sadudam hridayam tvaham, madanyate najananti naham tepyo managupi. And the Pramana verse from Srimad Bhagavatam, this is from ninth canto, Ambarish Maharaj's story in terms of his interaction with Duravas Muni, ninth canto, you know the story. Duravas Muni came, caused some problem for Marjambarish. And how did Maharaj Ambrish react? No problem. There's no problem. You know, he was fasting, observing the Kadasi, and Durvas came and asked for a meal, was it? But he stuck to the observance of the Kadasi. But then he... Time was there for the Paran, for breaking the fast. But Durvas had arrived and was bathing, and he couldn't eat, before Durvas and company finished the bath without violating uh, etiquette of hospitality. If a sadhu comes to your home, I mean, you shouldn't eat first. You should take care of him and feed him. So he had come and was taking bath, but the time was there for breaking the fast. If he did not break the fast, then the ikadasi, which is a very important brat for Vaishnavas, the ikadasi is... Stressed by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, for all devotees, that it should be observed. We should know how to observe it in spirit. Mahaprabhu told, one day he asked his mother, Mother, please do me one favor, one thing for me. She said, yes, what? He said, don't eat grains on the Kadasi. There was a stricture at the time that the widows, only widows had to observe the Kadasi. It was because like, they were bad people. They had bad bad karma. Ugh. Yeah, their husbands had died. They, they, they had to observe the Kadasi. Mahaprabhu was a reformer, in the, even in the social sense. So he said, oh, yeah, not like that. So Sachi said yes, and from that day she observed the Kadasi. In Jagannath Puri, the devotees were bewildered. Jagannath Puri is famous for Prashad, Mahaprasad. Jagannath is eating so much every day and the remnants are for the bhaktas. So Ikadasi, Jagannath is eating like anything, nothing's changed for him. In fact, he eats more on Ikadasi. This is the uh, Prakritic conception of Ikadasi. According to the, the phase of the moon on Ikadasi, it is said that the, as the moon governs the tide, so the tide, the water in our body rises up on the Ikadasi and gives some pressure on the senses. So therefore we fast so that we don't prone by that pressure to indulge in sense gratification. The sadhaka thinks like this, but the siddha thinks, oh, it's Ikadasi, so the moon is showing this face and the water in Krishna's body is rising and putting pressure on his senses so he can enjoy more today. So therefore, we'll offer more to him today. Even we, we were doing already unlimited service, but thanks to the creep of mercy of the codice, we can increase 
even. He's already accepting unlimited service, but still, the goddess, he can take more. So they think like that. So what to do in Jagannath Puri, the devotees asked, Jagannath eating even more, and we're supposed to observe, we honor the prashad, how can you not honor the Jagannath prashad? Mahaprabhu said, yes, we will honor the prashad and we will observe a goddess, both. When the prashad comes, we will pay our dandavat, honor it in that way, and we will keep fasting. So we maintain this principle, follow a goddess. Upavas means what? Fasting. And it means also to reside near. To come near. So what a Kadasi is really about in spirit is to come near to the Lord. Therefore it may be such that we may even break the so-called vow of Kadasi for the purpose of the Kadasi, to come near to the Lord. So we should have a dynamic, proper understanding of the Kadasi. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur sent one brahmacharya on Either a Kadasi or a Janamastami, same principle, fasting, but he had some seva to do for the mission, for preaching, that he gave him a plate of rice to eat. Of course, it is said that we can break the Kadasi for medicine if we're sick, or if a Sadguru says, eat grains, and we can take. We have to understand the spirit of it. One of my Bhagavad's came to Sri Chitanasaraswat Matani Kadasi. Big fellow when he used to play the Murdungan, leap high in the air in Kirtan. So he was, Arctic was going on, Shudamarsh was up on his veranda, and news came up, so such and such Maharaj is here, and uh, he's singing in the Kirtan and uh, leaping up in the air, very high. Prabhupada's disciples were like amazing sometimes, they were just like, he's a big man and he's leaping in the air with a drum and he must have the bhav. And <laughs> they were thinking like that. So anyway, after the Arctic, then he was invited up for the darshan of Guru Maharaj. They chatted and Guru Maharaj said, so you take some prasad? He said, no Maharaj, today it's Ikarasi and I have a strict vow for a long time of nirjal, not taking even any water. He said, nothing. Maharaj said, not to any water. No, I have this vow for a long time. Nothing, no, nothing, anything. And leaping. Because he had heard leaping, I've heard in the kirtan. Basically, fasting means sit down. <laughs> if you don't eat rice and you're a Bengali, probably from South India, you sit down. <laughs> in the north, if you don't have chapati, sit down. So he said, yes, sleeping and not taking. That is my, I've been a long time policy. So you won't take any anukal, something, some ikadasi, prashad. And finally he said, well, Maharaj, if you want me to, I will take. And Sri Ramash was so impressed. And he used to tell us, regularly the story would come up, and he would say, in such and such Maharaj, he has understood Vaishnavism. And he would tell the story, he has understood Vaishnavism. We have to be essence seekers, understand the essence, gravitate towards that. Know the principle and how to apply it, and adjusting of the details may be required for that. So anyway, Maharaj Ambarish was observing the codice, the details, and he came to what to do. Parn, the time for breaking the codice is here. My guest is here, he's a sadhu. He's taking bath, so he asked the assembly Brahmins and they advised him. Whether you take water, you can break the fast and not break the fast in that way. So he took, but Durvas, he didn't accept it. 
he must have been a near jal, <laughs> Kalasi man. So, and he created disturbance for Maharaj Ambarish, and Maharaj Ambarish was not disturbed. But the disturbance created by Durvas for Maharaj Ambarish became a disturbance for him. That Sudarshan Chakra of Krishna chased him everywhere. And when he finally came to Narayan for protection, as I understand, Narayan led him into Vaikuntha. You can't get into Vaikuntha by anything but Shuddha Bhakti, pure devotion. So how does Durvas at this time got into Vaikuntha? Narayan led him in just to tell him, go back and apologize to my devotee. So he went back and of course he apologized to Maharaj Ambarish. And what was Ambarish Maharaj doing? <laughs> Fasting, waiting for him to return. Didn't want to take until his guest had taken. And he had gone all the way to Vaikuntha and back. <laughs> Patiently, undisturbed. Shudavashnav. Anyway, this Durvas was advised by the Lord in Vaikuntha. Sadhava hridayam mayam, sadhanam hridayam tvaham. He said, saints are my heart and I am their heart. Devotees, he's talking about. Sadhu means Vaishnav. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has written about this. We should understand Sadhu means Vaishnav. So, sadhava hridayam mayam, sadhanam hridayam tvaham. This is his Pramana verse. He said, Ishvara Sarup Bhakta Tanra Adhisthan Bhaktirer Hudai Krishnair Satata Vishram. If the devotees are carrying the Lord in their heart, they are an external manifestation of Him. And another verse He gives, other Pramana verse, evidence further from Bhagavatam. Bhavad Vidha Bhagavatas Tirta Bhuta Svayam Vibhu Tirti Kuvanti Tirtani Santasthena Gadavita. Yudhisthira Maharaj speaks to Vidura. Vidura wanted to go on pilgrimage, Tirtha Yatra. And Yudhisthira, of course, wanted to keep him there. Good company of Vidura. He spoke this first. He said, what is the point of your going on pilgrimage? You are a place of pilgrimage. Saints of your caliber, he said, are themselves places of pilgrimage. Bhavabhida Bhagavatas Tirtha Bhuta Svayamu Tirti Kurvanti Tirtani Santastenekadabhita. Why? Because you carry the Lord in your heart. This is Kavirash Goswami's point. The Lord is residing in the heart. What is Narutam Thakur saying? He says that the Lord is in the heart of the devotees. So devotees are so important for us. Shridamarish came to the mountain Bhag Bazar, Calcutta, he said, as a newer man visiting the temple, and he asked, what was the deity, marble deity, or Bodhi said, no, you should not think like that, not marble or wood or anything, it's the Supreme Lord himself, right there. He said, yes, I can accept that. Then he said, if it is the Supreme Lord himself, why your Gurudev is not there also, but you're keeping him in another place? He was trying to say, yeah, I know it's the Supreme Lord himself, but there's something more to it as well. Gurudev had his own room, but Sarasri Thakur Prabhupada wasn't there. So, Gaudi said, yes, that is another thing. You're right, that is another thing. And the Lord is more present 
even there. I should have always had some inkling about it. Yes, this is the Lord Himself, but this is more to it than that. Yes. Oh, yes. Agurudev. The Lord is more there, present in His heart. That's the fact. The deity comes out from the Vaishnava heart, who establishes the deity there. That's just one expression of His heart. Why do we bow down before the deity? Can you say? Why do you pay obeisances to the deity? The Vaishnav told us, there is a God. Otherwise, how would we know? <laughs> so the point is, where is Krishna? He's more in the heart of the devotee than in the deity. That is one manifestation of his heart. He establishes the deity, the temple, and tells us, go and pay obeisance there. More present in the heart of the Vaishnav. Therefore, Karnishtadikari devotee sees the Lord in the deity, but not in the Vaishnav. When he becomes advanced, then he understands, oh, give more deference, attention to the devotee, to the Vaishnav, than the deity. We can leave the service of the deity for the service of the Shuddha Vaishnav. Possible. Why? Because he carries the Lord in his heart. So this is a very important principle that Pakistan Sarsi Thakur emphasized. Mahaprabhu took, in one sense, from Shisambradaya, they emphasized this, Vaishnav Seva. In Bhaktisanta Saraswati Thakur's mission, it meant brahmacharis would do the laundry of the sannyasis. That is like the idea of Vaishnava Seva. It doesn't mean I'm a Vaishnav, you know, everyone should serve me in every way and shape, and I love the silver plate and everything. We should all think ourselves as Vaishnav. Even if we have the service of Guru in the mood of a Vaishnav, in the mood of serving, we should accept the, the service of others. Then he says, Se bhakta gaan hoi dvibhidha prakar, purishat gaan eka sadaka gaan ar. There are two types of uh, devotees. He said there are the parshata devotees and the sadakas. Parshata devotees means Hanuman, Jai Vijay, Subal, Stoka Krishna, Lalita Vishaka, these are Parshata devotees. They are constituted of the Swarup Shakti of the Lord. Swarup Shakti manifests as all these devotees for the Lord's Leela. And then there are the Sadakas, in whose heart Swarup Shakti comes and makes them qualified for participating in the Lord's Leela. These are the two types. And to meet the Parsha devotee, <laughs> that is very rare because as we mentioned the other day, they're always with the Lord in his Leela. So when they come, when do they come? They generally come when the Lord comes. It's possible the Lord might commission them to go otherwise, but this is the general conception. They're always with the Lord. When he manifests his Leela, they come with him. And why they come? We heard this morning, Paritvanaya Sadhunam. The Lord is coming with, and he can't, doesn't come alone. He comes with his entourage, so... What for? For those sadhakas, that type of devotee, who have achieved that state, Swarup Siddhi, and by contact with the Parshata devotees, they can then enter the Vasu Siddhi and Aprakat Leela. Krishna comes for them, and they are here for us. They're the medium 
through which we can have some contact with Krishna. Krishna's heartfelt desire is to satisfy his devotees, to serve them even. But they obviously always resist taking any service from Krishna. But through the servants of these Vaishnavas, Krishna's desire can be fulfilled. Most cherished desire to serve his devotees. So we can be instrumental in that, and that will get Krishna's attention. Shiddharmarsh once told me, ours is the fifth position. First there is Krishna, then there is the Vaishnav, then the Vaishnav Das, Vaishnav Das Anudas, and then we come in the fifth position. We will serve the servant of the servant of the Vaishnav who is serving Krishna. It's not a bad position. <laughs> it's a good position. The more we go in a serving direction, the higher our position becomes. Sridharmarsha used to say, we are bowing the head, so we will walk with our heads. In the material world, it is said you get ahead by stepping on the head of someone else. And in spiritual life, you get ahead by having your head stepped on by the right people, by the Vaishnav. And now we're living in Vrindavan, walking on Vaishnavas, all the grains of dust and the Brajraj, all the Vaishnavas, kindly just allowing us to walk on them. We don't even think about it. This way Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami concludes his elaboration on the second principle of his first Namaskar verse in his Mangala Charan, Isha Bhaktan. Vande Gurun, Isha Bhaktan. Tomorrow we hear about the Avatar incarnation. Any question? By hearing from the sadhu, Bhakti can enter into the heart. I was wondering what effect does it have? Because, for example, when I'm at the hotel at Bolivar, I could manage that we all the time to watch the soft fashion music in the background. And the people, they do not, they do not know, they do not care. But somehow if you, does it have any, any effect does it have? It doesn't give as much as you. Yeah, sure, I have some effect. Depends on what their stage is, how much you will perceive that effect. But how can it not have effect? They hear Vaishnava chanting. Animals are also hearing. Doesn't seem like they change, but some benefit is there. Agyata Sukriti, something like that. It's more like preparing the crown. When the people, for example, meet the Vaishnava, then can you prepare? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I used to sell books to people, and I, I would put the book in their hand, and then I would start talking about Krishna. I said, well, I'll talk about Krishna, put the book in their hand, they're hard to get a little purified by the time I ask them for the donation. <laughs> Maybe they'll be, they'll be able to part with their hard-earned money, with some of their energy. Anything else? Okay, you stop there. Chaitanya Chaitanya Ki Jai. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami Mahasaya Ki Jai, Subhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai, Bhakti Raksakshita Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai, Bhakti Sarantasri Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai, Gaur Pramananda Ki Jai.